You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily. Tom in for Nick again. Last day that uh, I'll be in the hot seat with Nick back on Monday. Plenty to get through. We'll hear from Joseph O'Brien today, which is Friday the 22nd of July. He uh, joined me last night from Saratoga, just got off the the plane there, where he's got uh, a juvenile running today. Um, First runners he's got from uh, Saratoga, from the the string he's got out there, which Jane touched on on the podcast yesterday. Uh, He'll also tell us a little bit more about State of Rest and reflect on his couple of winners at Leopardstown last night. My main guest today is Rishi Passat, broadcaster and journalist. And Rishi, for all, we'll come to, to Joseph O'Brien. I know you wanted to start with your favourite trainer, I think it's fair to say, Sir Michael Stout and his juvenile winner Nostrum at Sandown yesterday. What a lovely performance that was. Yeah, it's exciting. That's why it's, it's lovely to see Sir Michael Stout with another... A potential star on his hands. I know that's a little bit early because he's only had one run in a maiden at Sandown or a novice race at Sandown, but it was very impressive. And you didn't need to be Columbo to work out that something decent was expected. The fact that Ryan Moore was stopping off there uh, en route to going over to Ireland to ride um, for Aidan O'Brien yesterday. Uh, the pedigree is outstanding. Uh, he's by Kingman. Uh, lots of uh, class on the downside. In fact, just looking back through it, he's a great grandson for those of us of a certain vintage. He's a great grandson of an outstanding race mare called Cairn Rouge, uh, who was top class back in the early 80s when I first sort of fell in love with flat racing. Uh, in the UK, and she won the Irish Guineas, the Coronation, and the Champion Stakes in the same season. Um, but he he was very impressive yesterday, more so in the fact that he he looked to do quite a few things wrong, or at least he, he wasn't entirely sure of what was required of him. Yet he won in such fine style. Time wasn't great, um, but I think he could be useful considering the fact that Sir Michael Stout's two-year-old's first time up in general always come on for the run. Uh, they do indeed. I've been, been sat here thinking about how much Ryan Moore would hate to be interviewed by Columbo because <laughs> Columbo's famous tagline was just one more thing. And <laughs> uh, he wouldn't imagine, like that. Uh, yeah, he'd, he'd smile though, wouldn't he? He'd smile. He'd smile. And I, <laughs> he would. He, he smiled with um, Lydia Hislop in the interview on, on Racing <laughs> TV, particularly when she, she said, where would he sort of rank? And yes. I just like the way he said, well, we haven't done anything with him. Because, <laughs> And, and, and almost we, exasperation, wasn't it? It's like, but I love that. I, so, so this is. I got in touch with James Savage, who he, he, sadly he couldn't come. And they're, they're um, I think they're doing some stalls work this morning, and, and yeah. so it's phone off time this morning, and, and no distractions. But he kindly gave me some some quotes because we, we didn't hear um, much from from um, the stable afterwards. Uh, he said, "Not surprised he handled everything, in, including the prelims, because he has got a great attitude. He pricks his it pricked his ears." Um, when he went to the front at, at the two, which is something that, that Ryan said, and they weren't surprised with that because they haven't asked him to do anything off the bridle, anything at home. He, he's got um, a, a pedigree for seven furlongs to a mile, but there's also some 10 and 12 furlong top class form in there as well. But I, I just like this idea that, you know, they, they, just, they just don't do anything at home until a certain point in the season. And at this stage, it's just sort of out you go, see what you can do. And, and obviously, when you've got a good one, they can do something like that. Yeah. and. 
um, a lot of what James uh, says was born out by watching the race. And it's it's great to hear the fact that the horse has got a, a good attitude at home as well. In, in fact, that's the sort of um, sort of style of living that I quite enjoy doing very little at home, <laughs> much to chagrin of my other half <laughs> and, and saving your best when required. <laughs> Although I don't think anyone's ever seen my best, um, but not, not so. I whether <laughs> on I would. I hope Nostrum doesn't eat as much. <laughs> I think he might do. I think he might do. He's he, uh, only but judging by what um, Lydia and Martin were saying on racing TV yesterday and and looking at the pictures, he does look to have a fair bit of size about him. Everything is positive about this horse. Everything is positive. Just going back to what you were saying that James Savage told about pedigree wise. There's a lot of mile and a quarter. Uh, stamina in the pedigree. Obviously, the dam was a mile and a quarter listed winner. Um, so you, you would imagine that a mile would be no problem and that maybe even a slight step up and trip next season wouldn't be an issue. I mean, we're getting very excited about horses only run once, um, but it was an exciting debut. One of the, one of the more exciting debuts we've seen for a, a two-year-old so far this season. Well, it's a good day for Joseph O'Brien. Good evening, I, sh- I should say, at, uh, at Leopardstown with a, a double there. We'll, we'll touch on that. But um, Joseph's with me now. And uh, Joseph, you're, you're out in the States at, at Saratoga. Um, that's it, exciting times for you there, I guess. Um, yeah, it is a uh, time, I suppose. It's um, uh, something um, uh, a little bit um, out of our comfort zone, but um, we're, we're looking forward to seeing how we get on um, this weekend. Uh, Jay Mangan and I were sort of touching on on the podcast about horses going abroad and in search of better prize money and and how you know trainers can can combat losing horses etc. I mean, is that in part behind the reason of, of heading out there to 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 go after better prize money, or is it is it just something that that you've always wanted to do? Um, you know, I suppose obviously the prize money is is, is a big factor, and and also um, you know. We're lucky that we have quite a few owners and owners who are who like to race, like to race in, in places like Saratoga, and um, um, we're keen to keen to um, uh, facilitate that where we can. And um, we we think we have a couple of animals that might suit the racing there, and um, it's very much a learning curve, but we're looking forward to it, and um, um, it's it'll be interesting to see how how things go. It will. Next few weeks. Yeah, well, just numbers wise, Joseph, what are you what are you looking at out there in Saratoga? Uh, there's three three two year olds there. Okay. We have Alexis Orba running um, uh, 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 tomorrow, and um, uh, we have a couple other entries over the next few days. Um, so yeah, we're looking forward to seeing how things go tomorrow. Wishing you all the best there. Now there was a, I thought, a pretty impressive uh, juvenile winner in, in the opener at Leopardstown um, with Mabel Artist. Um, she did that quite nicely, I, I thought, given that she met plenty of trouble on on the way through and a, a notable first European winner for my racehorse. Yeah, absolutely, uh, uh, Tom. She, I thought she did very well to win. Actually, um, uh, she met quite a bit of traffic, even even up the straight, and she showed a very good attitude to win. And delighted to, to get a, a first winner over here for the My Race Horse team. Um, we we actually met met the guys in Saratoga last year, and um, uh, 
this is the first horse that we've had had with them, and uh, um, there's a big big ownership group uh, in this filly, and I think there's room for a few more, and um, uh, we're excited to see where where she can take us. Yeah, we 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 put on the pod yesterday that there were still shares available um, in, in until an hour before the race, and she duly went and won. So so there you are, and it, it looked as though um, all the guys there had a, a really good time. Um, she's got some fancy entries, Joseph. I mean, sort of how how far do you think she can go? Yeah, she, she was she was working nicely at home, uh, Tom, and uh, we expected her to run kind of top four yesterday, or yeah, yeah, in the first town, and uh, um, um, she obviously surpassed those expectations slightly. Um, but but I'd imagine uh, she'll jump into a six race of some sort now. Um, uh, we'll see how she comes through the the race before we finalise where that will be. Mm. But but she has fancy entries, and we'll give her an opportunity to take them up. And you, you had Point King com- complete the double for you, seeing off Waterville. Um, again, I, I, I like the way he battled on. Waterville definitely gave him something to think about. But um, I thought your boy, you know, probably probably did it comfortably enough, if you like. Yeah, I thought I thought he showed a very good attitude. Tom was right. Um, um, he had every opportunity to get beaten, and he really put his head down and fought for the win. And he looks like a player who's, you know, progressing quickly and. Uh, um, He's an exciting horse for the future. We thought he was maybe a slightly longer-term project, but looking at his, his win in, in Leopardstown, you'd say that he's, he's stepping up the ranks um, um, pretty quickly. So um, he'll, he'll you know probably jump into a, a group race uh, in Ireland next, and uh, really, really from there we'll, we'll, he'll tell us if he's ready to go. Yeah, two Zoffanies as well, winning over a, over a couple of different trips. So it was, uh, it, it was good to see. Um Okay, just state of rest wise, I, I know there was talk um, possibility of a Sussex, Joseph, and, and we now know that's not materialised. So he goes to France, does he? Uh, yes, he does. Um, um, we had the option of the Sussex, um, 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 but but yeah, so we're, we're aiming t- towards France. He's in good shape, and uh, we're excited to see how he can go at a mile. Um, are you working back still from a Cox Plate? Um, I, I think I think that would probably be the logical stepping stone. Um, 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 I, I really, we all, we'll take it race by race. But but yeah, we're, we're look, looking at, at, at plenty of international options. You know, heading into, into the autumn time, mm. and um, um, really, will you know, France will 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 set up the rest of the se- rest of the season for us. Hopefully, was was there anything in the Jacques Lemarwa decision about the the track as opposed to a Sussex at Goodwood? Perhaps it being a, a slightly more a test, or not necessarily. Um, well, I suppose I didn't have mentored in the Sussex, so so we would have had the supplement um, and supplement to, to take on by you know at a course and distance that he's obviously very good at mm. would have would have been pretty plucky. Now we we really did give it quite a bit of thought and um, we were very close to pulling the trigger on it, but 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 um, we discussed it with with the owners and at length and uh, we decided that the wait and go to the French race was probably the more logical step. Uh, okay. I, uh, lastly, I, I know you're pretty quiet, um, Goodwood-wise. Um, Galway-wise, you, you've got a, a host of, of possible runners, and in the plate, for example, um, I think you've got six or seven in there at the moment. So apologies for trying to pin you down to one. Yeah, no, no. Well, we 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 run we run pretty much whatever um, gets into the plate and, and the hurl. Um, we hope to be well represented for the week. Um, I suppose Bustleton, um, Early Doors, Fire Attack. Um, the three of those are up, right up there in the betting for the plate, and they they have you know pretty pretty 
good profiles for the race. Um, so so we'll we'll be looking forward to 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 the three of those, and uh, and then we have a couple in the hurl as well. But I think we're a little bit stronger in the plate than the hurl this year. And thanks to to Joseph O'Brien for for his time there because obviously he's he's out in Saratoga. I think he just got off the the plane. He's um he's juggling time differences etc. Et um, and as far as uh, my racehorse goes, they they have um, syndicated running today in the opening race at Ascot with a, a good chance. So um so we'll see how that horse gets on. Um yeah, Joseph O'Brien spreading the net far and wide, uh, Rishi. I think it's it's interesting. He's you know to finish that interview talking about Galway plate runners, and he's got a, a juvenile running at, at Saratoga soon enough. Oh, yeah. he, he's the cigar Phil Sobers of of training racehorses. I mean, there is nothing he can't do. He is the ultimate all rounder, um, and obviously he had success at Saratoga last year with uh, State of Rest. Uh, State of Rest. Uh, obviously then went on his winning spree internationally but it's not a surprise to see Joseph taking the opportunity given the owners that he uh, he trains for uh, to have a handful of horses at Saratoga for their their big meeting um I can't I can't think of a reason why it's not exciting and why it's not in- interesting and perhaps it might be something that those in a similar sort of position might consider for the future it is rare that you know, you've got a trainer with the, the, the firepower and the desire to do uh, what Joseph O'Brien wants to do. But it's exciting for racing fans like us to see um, and, and taking advantage of opportunities. As we all know, you know, internet racing is becoming more and more international. And I think it's terrific to see uh, Joseph O'Brien with a handful of horses at Saratoga to compete. You mentioned state of rest. So Joseph confirming there that... Um he is going to go for the pre-Jacques Lamarois on the 14th of August. There, there was talk of Sussex stakes, and I know we're going to come on and talk about that. Um, and obviously they would have needed to supplement for that. Um, and, and as Joseph intimated there, you know, maybe taking on Baid isn't the coming back to a mile, isn't, isn't going to be the easiest task. So they, they are going to France. Um, I mean, and, and that in itself could be a, a fantastic race. But look, it's, it's a shame to an extent he's not going to contest a Sussex Stakes because that would have added even more depth to that. But um, exciting, they're going to come back to a mile. Yeah, it's a sh- it is a shame, first of all, that he's not running in the Sussex Stakes. I- I'd love to have seen him line up in the race to just add a bit more luster uh, to what looks to be a very good Sussex Stakes. But yes, you know, the fact that he is coming back to a mile is an interesting angle. The last time he ran over a mile was back in June last year. Since then, he won the Saratoga Derby. Then he won in Australia. Then he won in France earlier this year, that group one. And obviously, the Prince of Wales is at, uh, at Royal Ascot. So he is clearly proven to be an outstanding international performer. What we haven't seen him do is achieve the highest level of success over a mile. So this is a, a new angle to his career, which obviously will make him even more attractive as Stalin, even though he already is. Um, so I think it's um, it, it's going to be exciting. I'm just thinking off the top of my head who he would probably face, maybe Native Trail, uh, who head in that direction. Uh, I, I think State of Rest, the way he won the the Prince of Wales Estates, the fact that he's given such a brilliant ride from the front suggests that you know he'd be given another positive ride there. You can't imagine him being held up for a turn of foot there over a mile. But it'll make it exciting, um, seeing what he can do at the highest level back in distance, um, especially if there are some, you know, some decent horses taking them on lo- the likes of Native Trail. And um, I might as well uh, tie that in with where um, State of Rest ranks in the um, Thoroughbred Global Rankings, because it, it is Friday. We're going to come on to the, the King George shortly. State of Rest is, is rated 13 
uh, just so you know, currently. Uh, and obviously, we might get some some changes up there with regard to the Sussex Stakes, which we're going to, to come on. IE tops the list for the um, Thoroughbred Global Rankings at the moment, as we know, and will likely cement his position there if he does indeed win the, the Sussex Stakes next Wednesday. As far as the... Uh, King George goes tomorrow. The the leading players are 11 uh, currently with Mishriff. Westover, off the back of that Irish derby success, is at 22. Emily Upjohn, a little bit further down, and uh, she is 185 currently. She has um, she has dropped out of it. I suppose she's only a listed one, isn't she? But um, she was obviously second in the Oaks and then didn't contest the Irish Oaks and, and lines up in the King George tomorrow. What, what do you make of that as a race, Rishi? The King George, it's mm. outstanding. I, I know that there'll be some people saying it's a small field, etc. Generally, the King George, as we know, traditionally nowadays, is a small field. Apart from, you know, Desert Crown, who was going to line up in the race, but sadly uh, is on the sidelines. <clears throat> Uh, just thinking of the horses who have excelled over a mile and a half this year. Well, we know that Hookham is out for the season. Don't know whether he will make the race course again. Um, at AR and Hurricane Lane, for whatever reason, uh, you know, things haven't quite panned out for them. And then Alpinista is the only other one that I'm thinking, again, off the top of my head, that you'd want to see in the race. But I think the fact that you've got the Irish Derby winner, uh, Emily Upjohn, who is arguably the best staying Philly around, uh, of the three-year-olds, <clears throat> plus the Ark winner, and, you know, Mishriff has obviously been an outstanding older horse for uh, for some time now. Um, Broom, Royal Ascot winner, and Coronation Cup winner, Pile Driver, who's the, who's the outsider of the six, shows the quality of the race. So um, I think it's a very, very good race. Um, I think the way that the, all the horses that are lining up for the race suggest that it should be properly run with the likes of Broom in the race. You know, Pile Driver has made it before. Um, Westover wouldn't I wouldn't imagine he would sit too far off the pace and Colin Keane would probably give him a similar ride to the one he gave him in Ireland um, and then it'll be interesting to see uh, what the, the arc winner might do on what is likely to be quicker ground although there are there are thunderstorms forecast in the area whether Ask could get it today uh, I'm not sure but um, it will be interesting to see what Torquato Tasso might do, considering it's his third start of the season and he's improved significantly from his first to his second and he is the reigning ARC champion. And uh, you know, that's normally not a bad guide to the, to the King George. You know, Monger did it, Dane Dream, you know, they won the ARC and then went on to win the, the King George and Abel obviously uh, did it once. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm leaning towards the ARC winner at the moment, at the prizes especially. Well, well, that's it. So, um, as far as the thoroughbred over rankings go, I, I've gone the the first three in, in in sort of betting order as we have it currently. I mean, fourth in is Torquato Tassa, who is rated twenty seven in the thoroughbred global rankings. Broom is thirty three, only six places below. Pile driver is is two one nine, so um, dropping out of the the top two hundred. But I, I feel with Torquato Tasso, his, his you know the, the consensus is that he can only show his best on very deep ground. It might be Rishi that the, the thing is he handles very deep ground and, and, and perhaps others don't so well. But, um, you know, he, I can certainly make a case of him having a better chance than, than his odds would suggest. Um, yeah. and I, but I, I think as well we, we can get caught up in the sort of the sexy three-year-old angle, right? The likes of, you know, yeah. Emily Upjohn, second in the Oaks, Westover, an unlucky third in the Derby, goes on to win the Irish Derby. Um, you know, even even Mishriff at, at third in there, 
I can see why he's achieved more than those. He has achieved more than those. But again, he's yeah. he and, and Tokata Tassa as the older horses just seem a, a little bit discounted. Well, obviously, the three-year-olds have a significant advantage because of the weight. Emily Upjohn will be getting a stone from the four older horses in the race, and Westover will be getting 11 pounds uh, from, from the older horses. So that's a huge advantage to them, obviously. Um, but I'm thinking about the way the race is going to be run more than just the, the weight. And I'm thinking that if Broom goes on, and, and given the way Broom was ridden at Royal Ascot, you expect him, you know that that's the way he produces his best. He was ridden prominently as well uh, in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, when he when he finished second, you know, pile driver's been ridden handily before. You can't imagine that Westover will want them to go slowly. So it's likely to be a test. Therefore, that puts a question mark over Mishrif over a mile and a half. Um, I think Adair outstayed him in the race last year. Uh, and it will leave one or two a little bit vulnerable in the closing stages. And I know what you've said about the ground with regards to Torquato Tasso, but he's only run a couple of times on good ground. And uh, he hasn't done bad. He's won on good ground and he was second to Alpinista uh, last year on good ground. So overall, we just don't know how he will go on quicker than good ground, uh, Tasso. Uh, so that that's something to, to leave up to, to the day. But we know that he's high class. Uh, he's an arc winner and he's back after a break with a, a run and he won on his second start. Um, I mean, he, he, don't forget, Broom was miles behind him in the arc last year. Miles behind him. Um, and he's, he's 12 to 1, or as big as 12 to 1. Um, and just thinking about the way the race is run, I don't think many horses will be finishing stronger than him at uh, a decent run, mile and a half. So I'm, I'm happy to stick with uh, Torquato Tasso. Uh, we have got a, another fabulous-looking match-up in the Qatar Sussex Stakes next week, next next Wednesday, Rishi. I, I asked you um, before we came on what, what one race at Goodwood you were most looking forward to, and, and you said I'm being boring with the with the Sussex. But it's not boring, is it? It's Baid, the best racehorse in the world, against the best three-year-old miler in the form no. of um, Caribus. So, and Order of Australia, alcohol-free, the the July Cup winner. So it's it, it's all there, isn't it? Oh, is this is this a jewel on the downs? Can we bill it as that, or is it deeper than that? I think it might be a bit deeper than that, personally. Um, it will I've, still be called that, though, won't it? Why not? I mean, it's worked so many times before. No. I'll leave, uh, I'll leave that pause in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's a very good race. Clearly, Baid is the best horse in the race so far and everything we've seen, but it's the unknown. It's still the unknown of how good is Caribus really, for me. I, I, I don't think... I know you just say he's the best three-year-old miler around, but a few people have suggested that, you know, uh, Majloom and My Prospero were unlucky, certainly Majloom the most unlucky in the St. James' Park, which is arguable, absolutely, can see that, but I don't think Caribus was at his best. He raced too keenly in the early part of the race and the way the race unfolded, especially given the way I think Caribus, his, his chief weapon is a, is a sharp turn of foot, and I think it needs to be played as late as possible. And the way the race unfolded, I think, given how he was keen, I'm happy to put a line through that, even though he, he just held on to win the St. James's Palace Stakes. I think he's much better than that. And it'll be interesting to see how William Buick deploys the tactics on Caribus and how late he's prepared to challenge on him, especially the fact, you know, like we said earlier with the King George, he's getting eight pounds from, from Bailly. This is going to be a big test for Bailly, I think. If Caribas, who won the Guineas, turns up, 
I think Baid will will have to dig a little bit deeper than we've seen so far in his two runs this season. Add in the fact that alcohol-free, you know, the July Cup winner, that's exciting. The reigning champion in the Sussex Stakes. I think Modern Games is still in there. You know, he's the he's the the French Guineas winner. Um, perhaps a little bit disappointing last time over seven furlongs in France. There's the Godolphin Mile winner from Japan, Bathrat Leon, who's trained by Yoshita Yahagi, who's we know what a record he's got internationally. Um, I think it's a I think it's a really good Sussex stage. I say boring because I think it's probably more an obvious race to talk about. Um, but I, I'm expecting Caribus to give Baid a little bit more of an examination than Baid's faced this season, and that's what makes it exciting because Baid is going to have to, I believe, do more than he's done to win the Lock Inge and the Queen Anne. And just on, on the draw, I mean, that undoubtedly hindered Caribus at Ascot, the fact that he was drawn to and, and ended up getting that rail position and, and had to wait for an out on it. Uh, who do you think would be hindered more by a draw in one or two, Caribus or Baid? I, I, personally, I don't think anything hinders Baid in the way he goes through his races. He seems so tractable and relaxed. Um, I would always, I, of those two, I would always say Caribus is the one that you'd be slightly more concerned about dropping his head, regardless of where they were drawn. I think um, Baid is the type of, you know, looking at the way he races, his his MO looks uh, a jockey's dream, really. He settles, he drops his head, and then he wakes up when you ask him to. Caribus uh, has shown, certainly last time at Ascot, that there's a t- tiny tendency there to uh, perhaps race a bit keenly. And obviously at Goodwood, they race downhill from the mile start at Sus- in the Sussex, which slight concern, and it will be a test for William Buick, but if he does get Caribus to settle and he travels into the race like he has done through the majority of his races in his career so far, then when he you know, unleashes his turn of foot in comparison to when Jim Crowley asked Bailly to run, might be quite exciting to watch. Uh, Rishi, this podcast has been far too positive. How dare okay. you? Let's, let's bring it down. Come on. Um, <laughs> Rafe Beckett was on... Um, I don't mean to, to, to talk about negativity and immediately say, say Rafe's name. Apologies, Rafe. I said, <laughs> it's come across like that. But Rafe was on this podcast um, speaking very expressively, and I thought excellently last week about... Um, the, the, the Newbury debacle with the last race with the trainers uh, not officially boycotting it but not willing wishing to, to run any horses he's, he's, he said on, on the podcast that that won't be the last time and this is something he's echoed in an article in the Daily Mirror with uh, Dave Yates and you know he, he said he, on this podcast we're going to vote with our feet I mean unless something changes it is, it is going to, to happen more and more is that the only way that you feel the horsemen can, can make an impact I don't know if it's the only way, but it's certainly a way because since obviously uh, what happened at Newbury uh, unfolded, there has been a response and a response for increased prize money. Other race courses have perhaps taken note of it as well. So the precedent has now been set, hasn't it? You know, that's, that's, uh, it's pretty clear for anyone who watched the, watched the way events uh, transpired there. So trainers are upset, owners are upset, understandably slow with derisory prize money levels. So they they do what they did in terms of de- not declaring horses. Race courses respond, put prize money up. Then what does that suggest you should do in future? Take action. I mean, it's, it, it worked. So I can't, I can't see how this won't, that won't be the last of it if race courses fail to take action with regard to prize money. You know, we we have looked at 
taking action in the sport of horse racing for years. <clears throat> whether it's about prize money, whether it's about fixtures, and very little action takes place. But eventually, when someone decides to do something, take the bull by the horns, you get a response because, you know, <laughs> uh, inertia is not going to create any change. And I think it's, it, <laughs> it's to their credit that they were willing as a, as a, you know, owners and trainers were willing to take that step because it has provided a response and a response with a positive for what they want. So I, I think we might see more of that. I think, I think we will see more of it. Um, and, and part of me certainly hopes we do see more of it um, because it will encourage change. I, I suppose my worry is given the, the, the funding model of the sports in, in this country, where is the money going to come from? Where, where, where can it come from? And, and I suppose that's what's led Rafe on to, to comments about um, greater transparency with regards to media rights. So, so uh, we know um, all factions of the sport know just how much money there is on the table there and whether it can be reinvested into prize money in the sport. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the unsaid uh, sentiment, isn't it? The fact that we believe, many of us believe, that racecourses have more money in which they can contribute to prize money levels. And for whatever reason, it's not being done. So transparency, as Rafe Beckett has said, and others have said, will allow us to understand the situation. And if racecourses are in a position to increase prize money because of the, their financial state, then um, you know why not? Why are they not doing it? Why are they holding it back? We understand that there are businesses, racecourses are businesses, and so they have to operate in a manner that's conducive to a number of stakeholders within their business. Um, but for the sport to thrive, or anywhere near the sport thriving for, for the time being, but in order to survive and at least maintain some sort of respectability internationally, we need to step up the prize money game hugely. So um, the transparency of how of where that where the money that goes into racing and goes to race courses, whether it's media rights, etc., uh, will make will make everyone a little bit more understanding of the situation and have an appreciation of uh, when it's possible or when it's um, conducive to increasing prize money. Well, as you are all aware, we are well underway and actually nearing the, the end of the Go Racing in Yorkshire Summer Festival. Um, it's been very well received, lots of fun so far, lots of good racing too. Thirsk today and uh, and then we finish on, on Sunday. It's a good card, of course, at York tomorrow. Charlotte Russell is uh, with me to, to talk about all things Go Racing in Yorkshire. Have you enjoyed it so far? Has it been been everything you expected so far, Charlotte? Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm sure you are. So, so just so you finish up on on Sunday. We've got Thirst today, and you've got good racing at York tomorrow. Yes, uh, we've got um, as you say, we've got York this evening as well. Um, and aside from the excellent racing that we've got, we, there's Madness playing at York tonight. The Sugar Bays are at uh, York tomorrow, and on Sunday we've got. Tina Turner, Ed Sheeran and George Michael tribute band. So um, there's, there's some things for everyone. 
Uh, we've also got uh, tomorrow at York, like you say, we have got a very good card, it's all sponsored by Skybet. Um, but we've got the Jump Jockeys Mumfork as well, which is, mm. which is always a, a fun race to have. Yeah, um, yeah, very much so. Do you know, these... I know we get lots of music nights um, throughout the summer. They're very well attended, uh, very well received by the, the the crowds going in. But I guess they really do lend themselves to the summer festival, right? They do. Um, the, the, the summer festival it covers everything that, that racing has to offer. We have day meetings, night meetings, weekend meetings, family days, the music nights. Uh, we've got top quality racing. So it, it really showcases everything that race has to offer in one week, particularly in Yorkshire, and the meeting nights, yes, they, they, they really add to the festival atmosphere. Um, as far as on the track, what have we got leading jockey and trainer-wise? Yes, so the uh, leading trainer sponsored by Goldsboro Hall, we've got Timmy to be in the lead on four winners there, but we had quite a change um, at Doncaster last night with a few more scoring, so David O'Mara has gone into second on three winners, Carl Burke on two, Richard Fahey, Phil Kirby, Sir Mark Prescott and David Simcock are all on two, mm-hmm. and they've all got loads of runners between them over the remaining meetings. Um, for the Skybet sponsored leading jockey awards, Joanne Fentiman still holds the lead there with four. He got the treble at Ripon on Saturday and followed up with a win at Redcar on Sunday. Luke Morris went into second um, at Doncaster last night with a double, so he's on three now. And then Phil Dennis and Billy Garrity are both on two wins. So again, they've all got rides over the weekend, so um, things could change. And as far as your your moment of the day goes, which I think culminates at a moment moment of the the week, right? That that's been well received so far. That's right. It's, it's a new thing, um, a new award we've brought this year for um, this just because so many great things happen at the summer festival, not just the racing, not just the the winners, and we wanted to be able to mark those. So that's been going down really nicely. Duran uh, Fenton got that on Saturday for his treble at Ripon. Um, David O'Mara Zazano was awarded the prize at Red Car on Sunday for his weight-carrying performance. Um, and then uh, Phil Dennis and Lee Morris have both uh, picked up the award for their doubles at uh, Catrick and Doncaster, respectively. So it's a really nice award. It's like we're able to look at, at something um, something else that's, that's happening during the week as well. And, um, uh, yeah, it's been well-received, and then we'll have to pick a winner of all of those for the end of the week. And, you know, in all seriousness, this isn't just sort of a... You know, a, another one of the list of interviews I'm doing for for Nick Luck Daily. This is it's genuinely um, something I I really believe in and have a, a lot of affection for. I, I did some filming with um, Skybet's Michael Schillers for four or five consecutive years before COVID for the the Skybet Go Racing in Yorkshire Summer Festival, and it, it's always great fun. Um, the meetings are always well attended, and yet there is something about going racing in Yorkshire. Yes, and thank you for talking, Tom. That's that's a really kind thing to say. It? But it, it's right. There are. I think what we've got in Yorkshire is we've got really knowledgeable racegoers, and we've got a really enthusiastic crowd, and that really makes the day. They love it. They they get behind their uh, Yorkshire runners. Um, Yorkshire. We've got so many Yorkshire yards, but it it really is sort of um, a team effort from from those on the horses, training owners, uh, to the racegoers cheering them home as well. So um, yes, it's. It, Mm. Uh, Charlotte, thanks for your time. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you. Rishi Basad is still with me, and he's going to send us away with a winning tip. I hope so. I was going to say, I, I bloody hope so. <laughs> but I, I've said it anyway. Well, you said it anyway. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in as well, potty mouth. <laughs> 
right. Well, there's a horse that I've been following since uh, he first ran, primarily because I love his pedigree. He's by Frankel out of a mare called Mix and Mingle, who was a very, very uh, good race mare for Chris Wall back in the day. And he's shown lots of promise this horse. His name is Love Mystery. Uh, he runs in the 450 at Ascot. Uh, he's running off an official mark of 73. He's been gelded since he last ran back in April. And Harry Davis is on board and he takes five off. If he's, I'm certain, as certain as I can be, that this horse is much better than 73. It's his first run since being gelded, since April, minus five. So, you know, he's running off a mark in the 60s, really. Um, and I'm, I'm really confident of a massive run from Love Mystery in the 450 Ascot. Yeah, his best price ten to one as we speak currently, around about nine o'clock on, on Friday morning. So very best of luck. With nine that. o'clock. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nine well, what o'clock. time were we supposed to chat this morning? Eight thirty. Yeah. <laughs> eight thirty. So you could eat your pan of raisin at eight. Oh yeah, you don't like pan of raisin. No, well, they've got raisins in. Why would anyone like a raisin? Goodness me. Um, I was half an hour late. I apologise. <laughs> uh, where are you working this weekend, Rishi? I'm at Ascot tomorrow. Fantastic. So I look forward to seeing who completes the treble from as far as the, the last people you interviewed in, in um, respective sports. So Novak Djokovic at Wimbledon, yeah. on to Rory McIlroy at the Open. Yeah. Be tomorrow. Uh, I think Chris Stickles might be first up. Oh my goodness me. That is the... Big that, three. That's the big three, isn't it? That's what they're calling it. Djokovic, McIlroy, Stickles. He's in good company. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the big three. Um, are you at Goodwood next week, Tom? I am indeed. Very much. I, genuinely really looking forward to it. It's, it should be a fabulous week. And I tell you, the weather looks pretty good too. Exciting. Exciting. Um, I can't is. wait. Good stuff, Rish. Uh, we will, I'll see you next week. Look forward to that. Um, good news, everyone. Nick Luck, whom this podcast is named after, will Boom. return. will return next Boom. Monday. And um, I'm sure he'll have lovely content throughout Goodwood Week for you. Have a lovely weekend. Charlotte will be back tomorrow with a Saturday edition. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.